0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Sports with Friends. This is episode 310, and we are thrilled that you have downloaded, subscribed, the ratings, the reviews. Keep it up. That's how iTunes markets podcast, and that's, that's my only request of you. Everything else is just have fun with this. Uh, we are going in a different direction. If you are listening to this the week it's released, it's Olympic time, and it is one of the most unique Olympic experiences that I, I can remember. And if you are listening this week, then you know that earlier this week, Simone Biles pulled out of the team gymnastics event because of a mental health situation. And I wrote a column for Barrett Sports Media that's posting this week about how NBC got the message mixed because the Olympic Committee was saying one thing and the coach was saying something else on Peacock. And that's a a very interesting sports media story. But between Simone Biles, between Naomi Osaka being eliminated, the Team USA men's basketball situation, they lost their first game and are hanging on. They can't lose again. There's so much going on in the Olympics. We'll bring on head odds maker at com, Patrick Morrow, to break it all down.
1: With Osaka out and Biles withdrawing, the odds are on the move already in these Olympic games. Yes,
0: indeed. Lots to go over, but as long as we are being honest with each other, the conversation I had with our guest today took place before all this. It took place this weekend, and Osaka hadn't been eliminated. Uh, Team USA basketball had lost, but it wasn't a subject. And the Simone Biles situation hadn't happened yet. You know, when I thought about who to talk to about this, there's a little known fact. We've had Olympians on the show before, but I said, I'm actually friends with an Olympian. I know this guy. I, I, I've i known this guy now for over 10 years. He's been to my wedding. I've been to his wedding. We, we know each other through osmosis. And maybe later on in the show, we can explain that part of it. But yeah. McLean Ward has won gold medals. He's won team gold medals. He won took silver in Rio. This is his, I believe, fifth Olympic Games. And he is on his way to Tokyo to compete in equestrian. Equestrian is a sport that is... First of all, it's the only sport where men and women compete together. Uh, there's not a women's equestrian or a men's equestrian. It's just equestrian, and it's, it's horses. This guy knows more about horses than I know about podcasts. Let's be honest with that. Let's welcome McLean Ward to the show. And I, I forgot one part, McLean, of the intro. And that is, when I was introduced to you, I was told, I'm talking to the Tiger Woods of equestrian. <laughs> Are you comfortable with that? Is that a proper way to start a podcast?
2: Well, I don't, I don't know the, quite the direction his career went in, but hey, Seth, great to be here. Thank you for having me. And uh, like you said, uh, we, we have some long, long-standing connections uh, in a few different ways. And uh, it's been a while with the crazy world we're in, but it's, uh, you know, I love being part of your podcast and, you know, sharing a little bit about my sport and what we do with the world.
0: Yes, and, and, and you guys, you're competing towards the end uh it's the first week in august uh again if you're listening to this in the future and you know how mclean did well then do me a favor tell me how the flying car is um the the idea that you guys weren't in tokyo right away that's not a covid thing right that was because of training with horses what what was the reasons for not being in tokyo from the very beginning
2: Well, absolutely. Uh, My sport, my discipline, which is equestrian show jumping, uh, has traditionally always fallen in the second week of the Olympics. And for many uh, Olympics, it was actually the last event in the Olympic Stadium, uh, often before the closing ceremonies. Um, you know, as the Olympics is kind of modernized and you have uh, fancier and fancier turf and uh, and more flamboyant closing ceremonies, the, the show jumping uh, was moved to its own venues. Um, but because we're working with horses and we need to be with the horse to train up until the last moments, uh, we typically stay off site. Um, sometimes in the region of the Olympics, but very often, particularly in the Olympics is in a a bit far away places like Tokyo or Beijing, um, you would go in, you know, kind of during the first week of the games, um, my five games, unfortunately, I've actually never been there for an opening ceremonies, which, you know, I hope to get to one or two more and, and maybe have that experience. But uh, that's the reason why we're, we're off site until uh, next week.
0: The, um, the whole schedule, you know, you plan your shows out. Uh, way in advance, you if I asked you where you're going to be in October 2021, you know where you're going to be. Uh, same thing for next spring. Um, yeah. when everything happened with the Olympics last year and everything was shut down, how much of a uh, dent in your plan was that?
2: You know, I mean, to even go a little bit of a step further, you know, our sport, like many, you know, we're thinking more and more about the future and making plans. I mean. Uh, i've always thought when la was announced la olympics was announced that that would be my goal for my final games and i'm looking for young talent and scouting young talented horses now for la um wow. this summer while i'm here in europe so you know just to give you and an idea year, of the which, timeline, which
0: olympics is 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 la
2: that's 28 right so okay, it's seven right. years away so i'm lining that that talent up, so to speak now. So it just gives you an idea of the timeframes that we're working in. Obviously that's a looser plan, but yes, I mean, you, you, you plan an Olympic uh, or a championships run, you know, two, three years down the road um, and pretty detailed. And then obviously, you know, without getting too much into to the details of the philosophy as, as you get on the shorter timeline, you know, it, the plan becomes more detailed um, in our sport where you have two athletes um, and two athletes not only need to be healthy, Um, But in the right moment in their career, um, in the right time experience and development wise, uh, losing a year or pushing it back a year changed a tremendous amount. There were a lot of horses that were primed and ready to go last year. You know, their chance went. They're a year older. Things happen. Injuries develop. Um, And on the flip side, there were some horses that weren't ready to go to the Olympic Games last year um, and, you know, are on the team this year. We have, you know, four horse and rider combinations on our team for show jumping, three of which would not have gone to the Olympic Games last year. Mm. Um, absolutely. No chance. They, they weren't developed enough. One wasn't even in the situation that it's in. So um, and I think you see that with a lot of countries around the world, being a planner by nature, being someone who really likes to work off of off a of framework. You know, from a sports point of view, you know, COVID has been a challenge. Uh, you've had to really move a little bit. You've had to play, call audibles, make changes. Um, and it's been a growing experience for me because I've had to digest it, figure out how to pivot and, and make different choices and deal with things as they come. And, you know, hopefully we've handled it well. We made this team and, and you know, I, I'm not going to the Olympics to be a tourist. So, you know, I'd like to have a good result. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it's been a different set of challenges.
0: Yeah, your, your family's not with you. I mean, that that's a big one. The, uh, You know, it, it was funny. You had won gold medals, and then you took silver in Rio, and that was the first Olympics that I worked, and I felt responsible. I said, <laughs> oh, my God, this guy's a gold medal-winning guy. Now he's a silver because I worked the Olympics. And what no. one of the things that I wrote a column about, and it, I think it's important for the audience to understand, Westwood One Radio is not doing this year's games it's too hard. Okay. It's too, yeah. it, it's, it's too the logistics. The logistics are just impossible. Yeah. And so there, there's that aspect to it. One thing that your answer put in my head, you have a staff. I mean, you have, you know, yes. it's, it's not just like a groom, like there's not just one guy. Oh, it's, it's helps a, you out. We're moving
2: an army. We're moving an army
0: but when, when everything's shut down and the bubbles get started uh, how important was it because people, You know, they may be with you, but they have their own lives. They're not just your immediate family. And you have all those horses to take care of. How? I mean, you know,
2: for for your audience, who's, you know, sports oriented audience, you know, my the the biggest way that I or closest way to explain it is think a Tour de France team. Right. Think the the amount of people involved down from cooking food on the road right there's a great documentary about that in the Tour de France to you know um, taking care of the bikes and making sure the bikes are tuned and working to the team trainers to the physio people to the logistics people moving you know 20 30 people uh, and their equipment you know around Europe um, you know really the, it's very similar to moving a Formula One team or moving a, a Tour de France Pretty, team you know analogy, that's the yeah. that's the best analogy you know going back to Rio, um, I, I, we we thought we had a gold medal performance. you know, France just had an out of body experience that day. But you know, in sport, I subscribe to you know you you perform where you can, and once in a while, someone's going to be a little better, and you you can't you can't not uh, be proud of that accomplishment. So don't 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 lose too much sleep over that.
0: All right, I I, I can rest easy. That was I, I that was the one medal I cared about. That was the only medal <laughs> I really cared about. It was, it was so funny. We'll go back overseas with McLean Ward in just a minute, but again, the Simone Biles situation, the Naomi Osaka situation, big Olympic stories going on, and we bring on BovadaSportsBook.com's Patrick Morrow to make sense of it all. Just yesterday, Simone Biles pulls out of the U.S. team competition, and it's about mental health. Now, that's not an injury. That's also not a COVID thing. And my brain went to COVID when I first heard the news. What did the sportsbooks do?
1: Yeah, that was, uh, gosh, this U.S. women's gymnastics team, uh, the cream of the crop, they were the odds-on favorite at Bovada to win the team event. They were minus 400. And uh, with Simone Biles pulling out of the competition, they were certainly shorthanded in that event. And what you ended up seeing was the, I gotta get this right, the Russian Olympic Committee, cause it's not technically Team Russia, you know, that's a very important uh, disclaimer that we need to make. They ended up uh, taking the competition as three to one underdogs. This is one of the most uh, surprising losses, especially for a women's gymnastics team like this, G- generally dominates this event, has in previous Olympics, has in previous women's championships. So. Uh, You know, we continue to wait and see uh, what that means for any individual and other events going forward because, and again, this is all moving very quickly, Seth, but, uh, you know, as far as we know, this is just the only competition that she's pulled out of yet. She may still be competing in other events going forward, so this is uh, very much a wait and see uh, for how this will impact everything else going forward, but losing someone as impactful as her, it does mean that all of our other women's gymnastics odds are currently suspended at Bavada until we get a little bit more clarity as to what her situation is. So.
0: But the, the there are two things. You know, people are betting on the team and they're betting on her
1: individual, correct? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There will be uh, bets not just on the team. So them and on going the
0: silver, that's not pulled back because she did, you know, she's out.
1: If she gets hurt, that that's not a covid thing. So there's no retractable, right? That that's that's absolutely right. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, all bets are taken. You know, the the competition took place. If she had pulled out, or if she had pulled out before any of the events had actually started, what we would do, and this is a rule we have uh, special to the Olympics, is that uh, similar to horse racing, Seth. If a, a horse was able, uh, if a horse backed out, or there is a reconfiguration of the odds uh, in an event like the Olympics, like this where it will change the payout odds based on early withdraw, again, before the contest started. So the fact that she pulled out while uh, the team event was still underway, uh, it had no change on any of the payout odds. So, But if she had pulled out uh, of an individual event prior, especially one where she would have been a favorite in, that would have impacted the payout odds on all the other competitors, again, if she had pulled out ahead of time. So. Uh, for anything else that's still outstanding, we, we will wait and see. Again, those gymnastics odds still currently suspended at Bovada right now.
0: Meanwhile, the top three women's seeds in tennis are all out of it. Um, that means we're going to have a new winner. A lot of bets on the favorites are out, including Naomi Osaka. And I have, have to think the Bovada Sportsbook money is on, was on o- Osaka when this thing started
1: absolutely the most amount of money uh in in a loaded field like this about 30 percent of all bets were on naomi osaka she was about a minus 700 favorite just to win her uh match against the 42nd ranked uh, female tennis player in this tournament and and now it's wide open it's now a garbine uh, muguruza who is now the favorite on the female side to win the gold medal in tokyo so it's now a much more wide open tournament and as much as it is tough for uh, you know fans of U.S. tennis, fans of Naomi Osaka to see that early exit, uh, selfishly, great result for the sports book. Uh, you know uh, she's still uh, you know trying to regain her form after she's had some tournament withdrawals earlier in the summer and late spring. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really really wide open women's tournament uh, now with all the remaining competitors.
0: What does it mean when this has impact in ratings? You Know, we don't usually talk about sports ratings, but from a sports gambling standpoint, does the interest level go down when stars are out? Of
1: you know, I, I think that, uh, I think there's a couple things at play here, Seth. And I think, um, you know, you have uh, certainly some underwhelming Team USA results so far, that does impact, uh, you know, people watching. We want to see. You know, as a sports book, we always want to kind of thread the needle a little bit. We want uh, Team USA to do well, but not too well. You know, maybe they're winning, but maybe they're not covering the spread all the time. Or, you know, m- maybe we can take a you know, a, sh- a shot at some of the players on props and other futures. But, I, you know, so that's part of it, is that the USA, uh, Team USA has had some underwhelming results. I do think this time difference is a real tough one uh, for casual viewers and casual bettors to really sort out because... You know, you're throwing on the TV each day and you really got to do some digging to realize if what you're even watching is live or something that occurred while you were sleeping. You do kind of have to keep some odd hours if you want to watch a lot of these events. Uh, You know, the USA versus Iran, men's basketball game i think is slated for 12:40 a.m eastern time yeah i can stay up for that uh, i don't know that'll it be too compelling team usa is 40 and a half point favorites in a, a game that they need after losing to france but i i think uh, you know and we've seen this before when there's been the olympic games in either japan or china or korea that uh, it's tough to keep on top of these it's tough to get up early unless you're someone who's you know seeking out that value in an obscene amount of betting opportunities that we have for these Olympic Games. So for the casual fan, I, I think it's tough to keep up with this. And we talked about this uh last week a bit Seth as well. There just continues to be a, an overwhelming amount of sports available leading into the summer. And I think, you know, at this time last summer, I think we would have been, you know, thrilled to have this much still happening uh on, on TV. But uh as it currently stands after the last uh you know six, seven months of this. You know maybe there's a bit of sports viewer fatigue i i I know me personally it's lovely outside right now it's tough to it's tougher i should say to get into this olympic games than it has been previous ones
0: you referenced the uh basketball and that loss to france first of all the individual bets on that game must have been wild and then people are talking about the united states for a gold medal and these are considered safe bets aren't they
1: I mean, safe uh, is relative. Uh, that they, they were certainly the overwhelming favorites at Bavada. Team USA opened as uh, minus one thousand to win the gold medal uh, in the U.S. Men's Basketball Tournament in Tokyo. And with that opening loss to France, uh, they were France was five to one underdogs in that game at Pavada. Uh, Team USA is now down to minus two fifty. Uh, you know, again. Nothing like a bounce back game against Iran where the U.S. were 40 point favorites to, uh, you know, help uh, cleanse the palate a little bit. Uh, You know, they still have time to figure it out, but uh, there's not really room for another mistake now. Uh, You know, I, I think this team was kind of hastily brought together after the NBA finals. You know, some players need to be replaced because of COVID. They're still figuring out how to gel a little bit. Uh, you know, a game against Iran is a great opportunity to, uh, you know, figure some things out uh, for when they have more meaningful competition. Whether it's Australia, who's right there at eight to one, France, who's right there at nine to one, Nigeria, surprisingly, they were 100 to one before the tourney started, down to 50 to one now. And uh, you know, all these teams, you know, can give the uh, Team USA a bit of a threat because they play really good team basketball. They've been playing together for a lot of these teams uh, with much more cohesion and a lot more time together. So. I think USA will probably still get there. Again, minus 250 favorites updated at Bavada as of this podcast recording. Uh, you know, Someone else will have to smack them in the face again. It's good that they got hit early. I, I do buy into this idea that for a team like Team USA, who probably thought that they could waltz to that gold medal, it's maybe good that they got punched in the mouth a little bit and that it happened as early as it did. All right, let's go a little closer
0: to home. Uh, the NFL training camps are starting, and the story is that uh, Aaron Rodgers is restructuring his contract uh, he's gonna play one more year with the Green Bay Packers and he's probably gone but the reality is is for all those futures bets on where will Aaron Rodgers play
1: Green Bay is the winner Green Bay is the winner and uh, you know tough break for the Minnesota Vikings Seth for three whole days earlier uh three whole days July 23rd to July 26th so it's four days actually for four whole days they were the favorites to win the NFC North it looked like Aaron Rodgers was out it looked like he was going elsewhere no chance might even retire uh instead of playing another season for Green Bay but he and DeVonte Adams were able to sort out DeVonte Adams was also uh, you know talking about going elsewhere so the Packers are really looking like they were on the down and outs but they will have DeVonte Adams they will have Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, as you would expect with both those uh, players returning at least for one year, are now the minus 150 favorites to win the NFC North at Bavada. The Vikings, again, they had been ever so slight favorites when it was looking like Rodgers might retire or go elsewhere. But, you know, sorting out uh, being able to return for one year and having a little bit more freedom on how to exit that, you know what? It's if, you, if you're the Packers, that's pretty good because Rodgers really doesn't want to be there. But he's also auditioning for where he wants to be next year. Rodgers isn't going to mail in this season. He's going to give them a good effort, and with him and Devontae Adams, again, the odds-on favorites to win the NFC North, which means that they should be right there in the playoff mix and perhaps right there in the Super Bowl mix as well.
0: Yes, they should. Patrick, great job as always, my friend.
1: I think the judges gave this show a perfect tense, (laughs) Ha
0: ha,
1: yes, they did.
0: The head odds maker at Bovada, Patrick Morrow, here on Sports with Friends. Now back to Germany. And our conversation with McLean Ward. You also are very alert and very, uh, you know, in tune with everything that's gone on and the state of emergency that's going on in Tokyo and the people there that are so against this thing. Um, You've never gone into that kind of a circumstance. Uh, I certainly understand their, their sentiment. I also understand the 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 tangled weave because there's so much invested in these games, Um, but it's a really weird time to be competing. So I'll ask this in two prongs. Number one, how as an athlete do you kind of shut that out? And number two, do you understand when maybe ratings won't be what they what they had been in the past?
2: You know, as an athlete in in today's you know world, um, even in a, a sport that's a little bit smaller than than you know baseball or football or these mainstream sports, you know we deal with a lot of situations that are mildly controversial or political. Um, and you know you do. You you find yourself in scenarios where you know the public isn't as welcoming sometimes, um, or a region. Um, there's some hurdles to be crossed, and 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 a lot of those challenges, um, you know, very uh, very poignant and, and very um, you know important to, to people uh, for whatever their their reasoning is for pushing back. Um, so you don't want to downplay You want to respect it, but at the same time. You know you're there to do your job and to have a sporting competition, um, and uh, uh, try to be try to be the best you can be at your game. Um, when we look to Tokyo, you know it, obviously there's tremendous challenges and and a lot of the pushback for sure comes from fear. You know this is a in a in a different way what's happened over the last few years to be honest seth is a little bit you know our generation's war um it it is a trying time it is a devastating and tragic time for some people
0: divided a challenging
2: yeah divided time you know it's it's our generation's war someone spoke to me a little bit about that and and at times emotionally more difficult because people can't contribute in a positive way very easily you know we're all sequestered in our in our homes or 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 even worse places so Um, but those of us who are in sport, those of us who are in the arts, um, I think have a core belief that the beauty in the world is these things, you know, the beauty in the world is art and sport and accomplishment and pursuit. Um, and that always is going to take pushing to go forward. That always is going to take, um, you know, taking risks and putting it out there. And in the end, mostly win, lose, or draw and all those things, the reflection is the world moves forward in a positive way. And and I think that's what sport's about. So I'm happy it's going forward. Obviously, you know, myself, my team, the people around me want to be safe. We want the community around the games safe. Um, we're all trying to be very honorable about the precautions being taken and the things we're being asked to do, which is a lot. I mean, it's, it's complicated. Um, but um, if this games can come off um, without major health or, or uh, incident or health crisis, um, I think it's good for humanity. I think it's good for our souls.
0: I, I think the last statement that you made is, is key to the whole thing in that what has to happen is we can't have events canceled. We can't have the whole thing shut down. Like, you know, I was against college football, for example, I was pro uh I was pro pro football. Yeah, I've done this podcast before. Um, I was pro NFL. I thought NFL. These guys make a ton of money. They had opt out clauses. They could they they could do what they want. But in college, there was these scholarships and that was a major concern in Olympics. The comparison is. You're training your whole life for these moments. This is your Super Bowl. This is your thing. Yep. I'm not saying that just to you. It's it's to the collective. So I don't think it's as easy as you know a linebacker on the Green Bay Packers opting out as opposed to these guys who have, this is this is their life's work. And it's your life's work. Now so- you are different from your teammates in that. You're the accomplished one. You've been to all these Olympics. I wish the Today Show had spent a little more time on that. The, um, <laughs> but the, but the idea is for these youngsters. They are literally. This is their moment in the sun, and there's something to be said for the pressure that they can't walk away from this.
2: No, you're you're absolutely correct. You know, I've been blessed and lucky, and had the great fortune of having some great uh, horses underneath me and a great team of people around me you know, helping me get to five Olympics. Um, and it, it has been an army and, and they've all been incredibly different and rewarding and challenging experiences. You know, there's other people that, you know, realities are gonna go to one Olympic games and, um, uh, and and other sports where your career window is shorter than equestrian, there's only one shot. And and that's uh, in the grand scheme of, of some of the challenges of the world and the health crisis, you know, it doesn't seem that important. But in these individual lives, this is earth shattering. And, and it really not only affects what they've done for the last, you know, X number of years training for this moment, but it, it'll affect the rest of their life. You know, I tell people all the time, the Olympics more than anything other than probably marrying my wife and having my children has changed my life. Um, it is it has changed my career. I, you know, I, I always say I make the joke, I said, I can go into a a party in New York City and and a group of people don't care about equestrian. And the minute you say gold medal, you have their attention. It's yeah. one of those things that <laughs> still has that aura in the world and that that awe factor. And it can be table tennis, show jumping or track and field. It doesn't matter. It's an Olympic gold medal and they understand what that is. And that's a really special thing in our world and not just in sports, but it transcends sport.
0: It, it, re- it really does. And I- I'm glad the audience understands that we are not making light of the Olympics like that's what I think the media has what I've been hearing is people are making light of it they're saying well you can't do this this is uh, this is unsafe this is a state of emergency blah 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 blah. and what I'm realizing is if you think even if you stand by that you can't think that it's that simple you you have to recognize the complicated measure yeah yeah
2: it's, it's, you know, there's 11,000 athletes in Tokyo. It's life changing for them. But by the way, there's another 45,000 people around their, their, their initial inner circle. So, so you're, and then it goes out from there, right. It, 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 circles out from there. So, you know, there, there's a reason why people, you know, love the Olympics. There's a reason why people follow it. And there's a reason why people dream of it. And, and that's because it touches a lot of lives as
0: well. When I planned on having you on the podcast about a hundred, maybe 200 episodes ago, um one of the things I wanted to ask you and I've always wanted to ask you is how did you find out what was it like to find out that you're really good at this is one thing to like it It is one thing to love it I there's a lot of things I'm still trying to find out I'm still trying to figure that out
2: (laughs) you know I never look at it that way Seth you know I if I sit down and I'm you know, if I sit down and I look at it logically and I, you know, keep score, I look, I understand I've, I've, I've done a nice body of work. Um, I wake up every day and think about the things that have gotten away from me, the, the wins that have eluded me. Uh, I was actually having the conversation today with a, with a, with a, actually a, a, a young lady that's on the short list for the Olympics and is here in Aachen with us, who I train, uh, Lucy Delorier. And we were talking about some competitors who, you know, make it to one championships or make it to one decent accomplishment and have this mindset. Well, you know, where do you go from here? And, and I said, that's not us. That's not how we see it in our brains. And I, I, I'm, I know what I've done. I know what I've been lucky enough. I, I know the moments that have gone my way. And for sure, moments go your way in life because you work at it and you put the time in it and you do the work. Um, and you need a little good fortune for sure. Doors need to be opened. Opportunity needs to present itself, um, and you you've got to walk through. Uh, but I don't g- often get up. I mean, you know, in this last even in this last week of push, we've been here in Germany riding one horse a day. Not much going on. I haven't thought much about the past Olympic accomplishments. I've thought about, you know, how am I going to keep the standard up at this Olympics, and what are the challenges I'm going to have to to overcome.
0: Okay, then I'll rephrase the question. When was it? Was it as a child? Was it as a, a, a young adult? When did you realize you were pretty good at this thing? And I think how as a did teenager, how did you realize? Was, yeah, because there's, you know, I was at a horse show just the other day, and there's a lot of young people that are pretty good, but not all of them can do, you know, can soar to your heights. This is not something that you can just literally, well, work hard and you'll get to this point. There has to be some innate talent there.
2: Yeah, I think there's talent, but I also think as in all sports and in probably many, many careers, um, the talent and the skill level is one thing. The execution in the right moment is a second thing. And the third factor in today's world is being able to put yourself in the right situations, right? The greatest race car driver without a good team and a good car isn't going to win very much. The best quarterback without a great group of players around him and and good coaching staff isn't going to win very much. And you see people in the world who seem year in and year out to be able to put themselves in good situations and others who have all the talent in the world and seem in bad situations. And it's not just in sports, it's in every walk of life. Um, And I think I figured out very early on how to see the playing field and how to see the, the route forward to success. And it was a challenge for me, but I was able to cope with the pressure in the right moments. And I had to work at that, that didn't come easy. And it's also what's now in the second part of my career allowed me to share that and mentor some some up and coming talents who have also gone on and been on world championship teams with me and have been serious Olympic candidates um, to to kind of help guide their careers. You know, and I, I would I would say it's it's being able to see the playing field and how to put all those pieces together. And that's a lot more than just riding the horse. You know, that encompasses a lot of different aspects of it.
0: Well, yeah, and there, it's great to hear you say that. And you do have a lot of humility. It's it it's, it's clear. The reality of the the whole thing is, it's so much based on the opportunities that you're presented with these horses. Um, you have Absolutely. to have an eye, and you for, create those. You create those that.
2: opportunities. Yeah, well, you know, look. As I said earlier in the podcast, you know, this summer while I've been in Europe, I. I've been trying to identify potential talent um, for 2028. Um, And, you know, you need to, you know, uh, these horses, unfortunately in the world, they cost money and you need to raise the capital and the sponsorship to be able to invest in in these horses and the talent for the future. Just like, you know, investing in young players and other teams and, you know, farm leagues and developing, uh, developing leagues that you have in other sports. It's the same. We're doing the same thing. Um, you have to be able to sometimes uh, recognize talent that's in the wrong situation. Right. How many great players are there in the world that, um, you know, are in the wrong, wrong environment and, and don't reach their potential or frustrated? Um, and then you change a small thing and, and make some adjustments and they flourish. So it's the same for us when we look at the horse talent. Um, we're trying to identify things that. Um, that, that can go on and compete at this Olympic level. And um, there are a lot of talented riders that I see come and go because they don't have the ability to do that or they get frustrated very easily. Uh, I'm sure if you talk to a GM and any major you know, baseball team, they'll tell you not every deal they try to make goes through. That doesn't mean they stop trying to make deals. <laughs> so we wear a lot of hats um, and have to put a lot of pieces together um, to, to not only get to that high Olympic level, but to also try to sustain that.
0: Let's talk for a second about your team, uh, but I'm going to do it in a better way than the Today Show. McLean was on the Today Show, and That's I just was like, "Like th- this interview is not... Th- I, now I know he had to come on this podcast because we know how to talk to this guy. Uh, Laura Quout, <laughs> who's been to the Olympics twice, won the team gold with you in uh, 2008. Kent Farrington, uh, competing for the second time, ranked number five in the world. And a young lady named Jessica Springsteen, uh, who is, uh, you know, up against, she, she's in her first uh, Olympics. Uh, she also happens to have a famous dad and who grew up in the town next to me. Uh, so, you know, I, I, it's, it's been a big story. There's no secret about that. It's, either, it's easily a human interest story because Bruce Springsteen has so many fans. You mentioned at the beginning that that wasn't necessarily going to be the team had the Olympics been in 2020. What did she do from 2020 to 2021 to make it? And same goes for the other two.
2: Um, absolutely. I mean, why don't we just, you know, start with Jesse, you know, um, she handles her situation actually incredibly. And I have to say being close to the scenario, um, it's a challenge that situation that she has from the press point of view and, and, You know, the the obviously the Springsteen last name. And I I think she handles it with incredible class and dignity and humility. And she's here because she's earned the spot. Nothing to do with with her family name and nothing to do with politics. I mean, she I would say is the 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 number one pick for our team for this year. Um, The difference between a year ago and now is her horse was is quite young and it was a new combination a year ago. Um, And I don't think they would have been ready um, or had the opportunity to prove that they were ready a a year ago. So that's clearly why she's had a phenomenal year. Um, It's a phenomenal, talented horse. She's always had talent. Um, She's developed some other parts of her game over the last five or six years to to this level. And she she should be here. Um, I'd be the first to say it. Uh, Laura Kraut and I, uh, we've gone back a long time. She actually was the alternate in, in Barcelona, so she's been at this wow. game a while. Um, she's a fighter and a great rider and a great competitor um, and has been a great teammate of mine for years. She also sitting on a relatively new horse mount for her, um, but they came on very strong in the last three or four months um, to really earn this spot. Kent and I, uh, both veterans, uh, Kent's been at the top of the world ranking for better part of a decade now, incredibly fierce competitor. And, um, yeah, this is a, this is an a group, um, horsepower wise. We're, we're strong. I, I think I've been in Olympic situations where we've had maybe a tiny bit more horsepower, but, but we're strong. And, you know, if everybody does their job well, we should be in contention.
0: So as we wrap things up, you're in Germany now, um, and you said that there was some, the horses have to quarantine also.
2: They do. Yeah. I mean, our horses travel just like humans, right? They have, you know, passports and vaccinations and health records and maybe, um, maybe oh, even they have a to get the apps than- too.
0: Do they have to have the iPhone apps that say, yeah, luckily
2: they're avoiding COVID, but they, they you know, they're, they're, they're <laughs> susceptible to every other virus in the world. So, you know, I mean, the the care and the management of these horses we we would we would dream for ourselves in our lives you know i mean they are they are really the supreme athlete and they are the they are the at the forefront of our thinking and um their their health and well-being you know for sure um is is the number one priority and you know particularly when you're uh, traveling to these somewhat obscure far away places and destinations um even more so the 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 health checks are, hard, and, to stables are hard, yeah, hard
0: to get sure. Yeah, sure
2: yeah i mean the facilities in tokyo look phenomenal from what, everything we've seen and heard um first rate as was when we were in we were actually in hong kong not beijing because the horses couldn't go into beijing back in 2008 but the I stables also yeah. in the facilities yeah. yeah the facilities were first rate i mean they really they really did it perfectly um, but yes, we had to quarantine a week here in Germany. Uh, Germany and Holland had different quarantines set up that you could choose to go to, and uh, it's nice for the team to get to get a get a week together um, before traveling out and kind of kind of get your focus the last the last forty eight hours, so to speak.
0: And finally, um, for the the listeners here, you you know what I hope is people are going to you know we have a nice size audience. So what I'm hoping you guys will do is listen to this podcast, see what goes into it, but then watch the event. The What they're looking for, and this is not always explained by announcers, uh, and that is you have to hit your jumps, you have to hit your marks, you have to do it on a specific stride, and you have to do it in a certain amount of time. I, I, am I selling yeah, this Yeah, I mean, directly? I can, I like, can, even, holy I can moly, even give that's your... your, your... your...
2: I can give your sports audience some good analogies on this. Look, I mean, the, the basic thing is we want to jump the obstacles clear within a certain amount of time. Um, you have a time limit. You know, look at golf, right? You know, just because the hole's 500 yards doesn't mean it's the hardest hole in the course. There are challenges that the layperson doesn't see. The, the, the lay of the green, the slope of the fairway, um, the, the, the wind. Um, what the obstacles are in the way. We have all of these factors and challenges in the courses and the tests that are set up for us. Um, that might not be obvious to the subtle eye, the, the, the scariness of the obstacle. You know, they've designed these beautiful fences. Um, but, you know, for the horses who don't understand as well, sometimes they, they're, they're intimidating. All of these factors, the distances in between the obstacles, um, prevent, uh, pr- present a huge challenge because you can't get there in the correct rhythm or, as you say, the correct, you know, footage from the, the fence to make the best jump. Um, so, you know, you use the idea of a golf course or a racetrack. How the different curves and corners and 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 variables of environment um challenge challenge the athlete. And that's what we see. Bottom line is you want to jump the fences clear and you want to be within the time. The person who does that the most
0: typically ends up winning. Oh my goodness. It's, it's stressful just thinking, thinking about it. <laughs> All right. Um social media. Do you have it? Do you like it? Do you enjoy it? Does it help you? I do. I'm i I'm
2: an avid Facebook user. I may be dating myself that I haven't moved on to the uh, Instagram daily use, but I do. Dude, have I, an you official didn't have Instagram. to admit that
0: part, but now that's staying in the podcast.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. No, no problem. I'm a, I'm a Facebook user and I write my Facebook page myself and, you know, look, I want to interact not only with my friends and family and the people around me, but you know, I want to help people share my journey and, and my sport. Um, and also, you know, my family, as we as we touched on earlier, is in in this just as much as I am. They're just as engaged. Sure. My daughter's at a horse show this morning at home, and you know, my wife's a long long uh, lifelong horse person. So this is what we do. Um, and when I was leaving the other day, I was a little bit upset. I have two two young daughters, and you know, I was going to be away from them for three to four weeks. And like you said, my my family can't travel to Tokyo this year. And uh, my wife said to me, she said, you know, this is what we do and this is the life we chose and, you know, go and do something, you know, go and do something (laughs) great. So, um, you know, it's it's a it's a family thing. It's a and it's nice through social media to share that and to people um, not just to see me as an athlete, but to to see the personal side of it. And, you know, Seth, I, I tell people when I speak with people look to go to five Olympic Games, to have the career I've had is a dream, is a blessing is everything I could have hoped for. I'd be lying to tell you it hasn't also taken something, you know, it's a stressful existence. It's a a very intense. Uh, There are some really hard moments. There's some really challenging moments, not on the scale of, you know, survival, but on the scale of uh, wanting to do something well in your life, wanting to accomplish something, wanting to perform at a certain level and, and to be expected to be, you know, that level of excellence every single day um it, it's tough and it's tough for the people around me you know maybe it's, i choose it you know the the people around me choose me <laughs> and so it's nice to <laughs> like social media no one's media there under too. duress no but it's nice to share our story and share our sport and whether you love show jumping or you don't I, I think you can't help but love the the struggle and the and the journey and the and the pursuit of something bigger than just ourselves as individuals or ourselves as an individual sport you know the uh, the, the 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 battle is what life is about. So I, I think it's nice. And I think that platform has really given particular sports like mine that are not maybe mainstream uh, an audience.
0: Well, I, I I have to thank you uh, to to come on the podcast, but also your friendship has meant a lot to us. The quick story. Hey, no, folks, I wish we is... saw
2: you more. We're all we're yeah. all so busy living our lives. You know we don't get to see each other enough. Yeah.
0: The quick story is uh, my wife used to to do equestrian. She was she was she did this, and her like best buddy that she did it with when they were young kids uh, was this lovely girl uh, Lauren. And Lauren married McLean. And that's how I know you. And
2: You found two they, unicorns.
0: <laughs> but they had but they had this bond together. We didn't we just had kindness. And that was one of the things that I was impressed with because I was a fish out of water. You would, you know, you're surrounded by horse people and all this stuff. And I don't know anything. We all like sports. You and I like sports. So we had a common bond, right? So yeah. Well, uh, folks, uh, all I can say is uh, check out uh, McLean ward and the rest of team USA, the equestrian team, uh, as they will, will will compete, but also hit him up on social media. And if there's anything he said in the podcast that you have an issue with, do me a favor, reach out to McLean directly and leave me the yeah. hell out.
2: I read my own Facebook page, right? So I, I respond
0: myself. So <laughs> seriously, dude, g- uh, good luck, and I'll see thank you when you, son, you come back you. stateside.
2: All right, best to your family. Great chatting with you, and hope everybody enjoys the Olympics. It's a it's a beautiful thing to share.
0: McLean Ward. Yes, US equestrian watch him next week and again if you're listening to this podcast in the future just do me a favor let me know how he did okay I hope he does very very well the Olympics dominated this week's headlines and we had to do a podcast that was Olympic centric but we talked to an actual Olympian Clayton Ward was fantastic. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. We put out a new episode of Sports with Friends every Wednesday. So make sure you hit the subscribe button. Listen to the podcast. Rate and review if you have a second. Give us a five-star rating if you don't mind. We'll see you next week. If you want
2: me to stay, I'll be
0: around today to be available for you to see. I'm about to
1: go, and then you'll know, for me to stay, I got to be me. You'll never be in
2: doubt, that's what it's all about. You can't take me for granted and smile. Count my I'm gone, forget to reach me by phone. I'm not the one